James chapter 1. I wrote a book on that's called Finally God Makes Sense because I found out that God does not always make sense because he's bigger than my senses. And as I sat in the plane, I saw a picture of nature, mountains, uh, trees, the beauty of nature. And when I saw the picture of nature, I saw puzzle pieces come together. And the Lord, I said to the Lord that finally I understand the picture of my own life better now, prophetically. And the next moment I looked down to the bottom of the picture and I saw dirt. How many of you realize that as, beauty, as beautiful as Hebrew Springs is, there's a lot of dirt in Hebrew Springs? Because all the beauty comes out of dirt. You cannot have trees and flowers and roses without dirt. In fact, it is actually the dirt that makes nature look so beautiful. And when I saw this picture of my life and the prophetic picture of the church and a lot of things that I've seen at once, and I'm right, the book is finished, uh, it will go in for editing, I would say, within a week. But when I saw the dirt, the Lord said to me, I want you to write on dirt that makes sense. So I want to call this thing dirt makes sense. This will be in the book that I just wrote. And maybe there will be things that I will mention to you this morning that is not in the book. Uh, in James 1 verse 2, James says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in various trials. Count it all joy when you fall in various trials. <laughs> I like the way he said, when you fall into trials. You don't go into a trial willingly. Come on. Nobody walks into trouble willingly. But James says, count it all joy when you fall into trials. There's two words in that one sentence that clash. Joy and trials. It's not the same thing, doesn't have the same meaning. But James take joy and trials and he combined it. He says, count it all joy when you fall in trials, when you fall in various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, we will not even go into the third verse. Uh, the Living Bible says, is your life full of difficulties and temptation then be happy. I'm going to repeat it. Is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy. I, I don't like that. I know you love it. But I don't like it. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I read James 1 verse 2 not often. Because I don't want to read it. Because it doesn't make sense. Come on. We spoke Friday night on senseless godly commands. So the word senseless is back. And uh, the Berkeley translation, that's a very old translation, says, Regard it as nothing but joy. Uh, watch, watch what he says. Regard it as nothing but joy. He's, he's setting you up for something bad. Regarded as nothing but joy. What he's actually saying is, don't even let your mind go somewhere else. He says in uh, the Berkeley translations, uh, regarded as nothing but joy when you are involved, involved in all kinds of trials. Now what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to give you a few translations because the first three translations that I just gave you, I don't like not, not one of them. I um, mean, come on, I know you love the Word, but I don't love everything that comes out of the Word. I need everything that comes out of the Word. I don't love everything that comes out of the Word. You say, well, you're, uh, you are very shallow. No, I'm just very honest. Come on, don't pretend that you love everything that comes out of the Word. Your flesh does not like everything the Word brings at you now so so uh 
let's forget about the Berkeley translation and the living Bible, the living Bible. Man, I tell you what, when I read, is your life full of difficulties and temptations, then be happy? I said, no, that does not sound like the living Bible. I thought the living Bible will bring more life than that. Okay, well, good news. How many of you heard about the good news Bible? Anybody that heard about the good news translation? I mean, I believe the good news Bible will have some good news. Uh, let's see what the good news says about what, jo- what, what James says in James 1. He says, when you have trials and temptations, consider yourselves fortunate. Wow. Turn to somebody and say, I have a lot of issues. That makes me very fortunate. Come on, church. <laughs> the Bible is just, it's just different. Uh, I don't like the good, the good news Bible anymore. That's why I don't read the good news either. I hope I can read some kind of Bible after all these translations because it's getting worse and worse. The NEB translation says, when you have trials and temptations, count yourselves supremely happy. It's getting worse. So, so he says, when you have trials and temptations, you need to be supremely happy. Not just assemblies of God happiness, extraordinary happiness. What's going on here? It seems to me that the joy that James referred to is not the ordinary kind of joy come on it seems to me that the joy that comes out of the holy ghost is a joy that's not based on how much money you have come on not one time did i hear him say well uh, when you have trials and temptations uh, uh, just get a lot of money and you will feel better no Let's try something else. That doesn't work thus far. Phillips translation. You want to do the Phillips? It's not a television. It's a translation. The Phillips Bible says, when trials and temptations come into your life, or when, no, it says, when trials and temptations crowd into your life. How many of you have learned that when trouble come, they bring all their brothers and sisters with them? Yeah, you know that one. I can see the way that you respond. You know that one. I mean, the washing machine break down, the fridge break down, the cat bite the dog, the parrot is out of the cage, your mother-in-law shows up. Everything goes wrong. (laughs) He says, when they crowd into your life. Come on, how many of you have great experience on how trouble and temptations and trials can crowd into your life? Can I see the hands just of a few honest people? There's at least 40% of you. Come on, don't pretend that you never had this kind of problem, lying spirit. The Phillips Bible says, when they crowd into your life, now watch what he says. When trials and temptations crowd into your life, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Welcome, mother-in-law, welcome. I don't like you, but welcome. Fridge breakdown, I don't like it. Okay, okay, we just lost all the groceries that is in the fridge, but thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I know you all do that when these things happen. Come on. I like the Phillips, Phillips translations. Don't resent them as intruders. Welcome them as friends. So what James is saying is the things that go wrong in your life that frustrates you and irritates you that sometimes is your greatest friend. It just doesn't look that way. Come on. When things come easy, things go easy. Not everything that looks good is God. And not everything that looks demonic is the devil. 
Come on, don't blame everything that goes wrong on the devil. He's not that good. Okay, let's try something else. Message Bible. Have you ever heard about the Message Bible? You've never heard about the Message Bible? It's awesome, ma'am. You need to get the Message Translation. The Message Bible says, When trials and temptations come into your life, throw yourselves a party. I'm telling you, so what the Message Bible says, if you want momentum in your party, get some trouble. Get some difficulties. Get some challenges. Wow. Church, the joy of the church is different than the joy of the world. So, so what the Bible is trying to say to us is that we are a different group of people. We, we, are, we are unique. Our joy is not based on money or what you have or who you know. Come on. Well, that, that, that's all the translations. Now, throw yourselves a party. Come. Do we have enough issues here this morning that we can have a good party this morning? I, I tell you what, I had somebody came to me in front of the service. Oh, I have so many problems and I'm so down. You know what I said to the person? I said, hang on another half an hour. I've got a word for you. <laughs> You came to the right service. I've got a word for you. You qualify for a party. Turn to somebody and say to that person, I think you are ready to join this party. Come on. You see, we don't want perfect people here. We want people that is imperfect and says, man, I'm ready for this party because I have some issues. Okay. Now, so we're talking about when dirt makes sense. When Trials and temptations make sense. That's the picture that God showed me. God said to me that dirt has a purpose whether you believe it or not. Church, when I look at my own life, I'm 34 years in the ministry. Uh, when I look at my own life, especially the beginning years of my ministry, and what I had to go through and the testings and the trials, I want to tell you, I cannot thank God enough today for where I come from. Uh, because I've seen people in my life who had it all together and I know where they are today. But then I've seen other people who has come through hell and high water and I can show you a voice, a man and a woman today that have substance and that has something to give to their people. Now, when you look at the life of Jesus... Uh, G the Bible says in Luke 4, and we're not even going to read all the scriptures there. The Bible says in Luke 4, Jesus was led into the desert by the Holy Ghost. Who waited for him in the desert? Satan. Satan will tempt him in the desert. The Bible says he was led into the desert by the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say he was led into the desert by the devil. So the Holy Ghost took Jesus to the desert and the Holy Ghost knew that in the desert Satan is waiting on him to tempt him. But the Bible says Jesus came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Ghost. There's a difference being led by the Holy Ghost and walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. Many times people say, well, I want that kind of authority and I want that kind of ministry. Don't ask that too easily because sometimes you need to ask, what did you go through to walk in this kind of authority? What, did you, what is the prices that you've paid to walk in this kind of authority from a pulpit? And once you find out what somebody has gone through, you will most probably not want the ministry. But you see, God sometimes knows what we need to become. He will not tell us. That's why when we prophesy, we prophesy mountaintops. We never prophesy the valleys in between. Oh, God is going to use you in America, and God's going to use you here, and you're going to be so powerful, and God's going to do this through you. That sounds good. But when you hear all the mountaintops in your prophecy, be aware, between every mountaintop there is a valley. 
Come on. And it is in the valley where God is going to test your joy. Anybody can have joy on the mountaintop, but not everybody has joy in the valley. So Jesus came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, when Jesus was in the desert and Satan tempted him, that's when Jesus' authority was measured. Now, I, want to, I don't want to talk about your measuring stick because there's a powerful word out on your measuring stick. Come on, church. And, 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 and God, God, God actually measured, Jesus measured himself in the spirit when he met Satan there. And when, once he measured himself, he came out in the power of. Okay, when you look at the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 verse 4 where he says rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. When he wrote that scripture, he wrote it in the prison. Come on, that has not come out of a five-star hotel after he has been on a major television station in America and a billion dollars came in. That was written in a prison when he had nobody close. He says rejoice in the Lord always even when you sit in prison rejoice <laughs> don't resent the prison as an intruder but treat the prison as a friend don't resent your temptation as an intruder but welcome them as friends and if you see that your testing and trials is actually your friend then you will learn how to rejoice always again I say rejoice always hallelujah Sometimes when you go to Africa and you look at those people, how they worship the Lord and how they dance, and you find out they have hardly have another meal in their home. They have only the clothing that they have on their body. And you say, but how can you have such joy when that is the only clothing you have and that your last meal, there is not even a last meal waiting at your home. Why? Because they have learned that in spite of what they don't have, they have joy in the Lord. Come on church are you with me now when you look at the apostle paul and, and 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 we touched on it last night you really need to get the cd of last night i spoke about uh um fragrance and uh and I, and I went through the waste list of the Apostle Paul and we spoke about the word waste because the Bible says when the woman broke the flask of oil, some said the oil was wasted. So I spoke about waste and I spoke about uh, how waste produces fragrance. And uh, when you look at the Apostle Paul, you, you will see that out of his own, his own life, there was a waste list, but they became a fragrance. And, and he had a joy constantly in spite of what he went through. But when you look at the life of Joseph, let's quickly look at the life of Joseph. When you look at the life of Joseph, Joseph got a dream that he will be the prime minister in Egypt. That's powerful, prophetic dream. He told his brothers, and what happened? Now he went to the pit. Pit stands for prophet in training. So now he sits in the pit. I mean, God gave him a dream. You will be the prime minister of Egypt. That's awesome. That's where we all begin. You see, that's the mountaintop. That's the prophetic mountaintop. Oh, you're going to be the prime minister and your own brothers will bow in front of you and you will be a mighty man of God or you will be second in charge and you will control the wheat and the corn. And Joseph says, ha, that's me. <laughs> that's the mountaintop, Joseph. Now he's in the pit. It's not good. Then he went to Potiphar's house. That's P number three. And Potiphar's house, she told lies about him. I mean, when he got the prophetic word, he was excited. But now it's all about dirt. Now, now it's all about dirt. He's in Potiphar's house. After two years, he's gone out of Potiphar's house. I'm not, I'm not sure whether it was two years. Then he went to the prison. That's, that's P number four. So pit. Party for South prison. Three seasons of dirt. I mean, when God gave him the promise that he will be the prime minister, about 20, 20 plus years, it took him to become the prime minister. But you know what, church? Once God released a great word over you, get ready for all hell to break loose. So now he's in the pit, he's in, he's in Potiphar's house, and now he's in the prison. 
uh, that's all dirt. You say, well, uh, I, I don't want dirt. No, 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 you need dirt. You must understand, church, that when Joseph got the dream that he will be prime minister, he went to his brothers and he was very arrogant. And he said, you will bow before me. He was very arrogant. The most terrible thing that can ever happen is to listen to a speaker that speaks great truth, but he's arrogant. It's horrible to listen to truth that's released and wrapped in a spirit of arrogance. And that was Joseph. And God decided, before I allow you to go into the palace, I will have to use dirt to get the arrogance out of you. Wow. How many of you realize circumstances, trials, and temptations has an ability to change you whether you like it or not? Come on, church. And uh, he went to the palace, and that's P number five, and then he became a provider of bread, and that's P number six. But listen to this. So we fast forward the tape. Now his brothers are hungry. They come over to Egypt. They're seeking for food. And Joseph and his brothers united. And when Joseph saw his brothers and he united with them, he, he, he broke out in tears. And he said to his brothers, he says, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. I had to go ahead of you to prepare a place. But watch this. Joseph is now a humble man. He was not humble when he said to his brothers, you're going to bow before me. But you see, church, the pit, party for south, the prison, dirt, trials, temptations, got the arrogance out of him. That's why the Phillips Bible says, don't resent the pit as an intruder and don't blame Potiphar's house and that woman and don't you curse the prison. They are actually your friends because when you see what you will look like at the end of your life, when you're in the palace, you will thank God for the pit and Potiphar's house and the prison. Wow. You see, church, Bible schools can teach you a lot of things, but Bible schools does not always remove arrogance. It is dirt that removes arrogance. Its beauty comes out of dirt. I will give you beauty for ashes. Oil of joy for mourning. Come on, don't shout me down. Don't get overexcited. Come on, just, just quiet down a little bit because I've got something more to share. We're talking about when dirt makes sense. Come on, when dirt makes sense. When trials and temptations make sense. And that's what God showed me. He said, Andre, although you did not understand the first 15 years of your life, that is actually the breeding ground of your future success. It is out of the things that has gone wrong that I will do a lot of things right. Okay. One more story. Genesis chapter 29. Phenomenal story. Uh, it is all about Jacob and Rachel and Leah. How many of you heard about Rachel and Leah? The, Rachel and Leah is the two daughters of Laban. The Bible says Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. All the men say amen. Form and appearance. The Bible does not say Leah had form and appearance. Sometimes you must read what the Bible does not say. I'm very good in seeing what the Bible did not say. Bible says Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Bible says Leah had skewy eyes. So if the Bible does not say that Leah had form and appearance, then Leah had no form and appearance. So Rachel looked like Hollywood. Leah looked like whatever. Three hair, bad breath, five teeth, skewy eyes, whatever. Let's rather say whatever. That sounds better than saying what it looks like. Amen? So Laban said to Jacob, what do you want? Because he said to Jacob, what shall your wages be? Jacob said, oh, give me Rachel. 
Jacob was a typical man. Jacob said, oh, I want beauty and form. Laban said, okay, we can do that. No problem. You need to serve me seven years for Rachel. So now he labors seven years. And after seven years, Jacob came to Laban and he says, give me my wife. He doesn't call her Rachel now. He calls her wife. You see, after seven years, Jacob felt, I deserve. My promotion time has come. I have labored for this. Give me my wife. Laban, not a good guy. He said, yeah, we can do that. We'll organize a feast. What happened? It was an evening wedding. Never marry in the evening. It's very dangerous. You can marry the wrong woman. You see, Laban realized everybody wants Rachel, but nobody wants Leah. And Laban realized, I need to help my daughter. And the only way I can help her is I'm going to fool Jacob. So it was an evening wedding, and on top of that, the bride was veiled. So Jacob was so in love, because the Bible says the, 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 the first seven years working for, for, for Laban felt like a few days. Isn't it amazing when you're in love with somebody, it feels like a few days? Come on. How long are you married, Shane? A thir uh, th uh, Thirteen. He's not sure. Probably feels like 13 days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, let me help the young man. He's confused. <sighs> so now it's an evening wedding. And what happened? Jacob married Leah. Next morning, Jacob woke up. and Three things that Jacob said, and we will not even go into that. Jacob was furious. What have you done to me? Did I not serve you seven years for Rachel? Look what you have given me. I don't want skewy eyes. I want form. I want beauty. You've given me dirt. Come on. Leah is a type of dirt. She's a type of reality. She doesn't look good. She doesn't make good impressions. She's not wanted. She's got bad breath, three hair, five teeth, overweight, no form. She's a type of reality. And now Jacob cannot figure out how did this come into his life. He treated her like dirt. Come on. He does not treat her like a friend. He treated her like an intruder. He is now going against James 1 verse 2 in the Phillips translation. And he's actually saying to her, I don't want you. And you know I don't want you. And I don't need you. And I don't, I don't want to marry you. But I'm stuck with you. Wow. Laban said to Jacob, hey, you need to serve me another seven years for Rachel. Do you know what form looks like after 14 years? Some of you didn't even get that. You are so spiritual. You don't get stuff like that. Some of the men, don't act spiritual when your wife sits next to you. Come on. So he served another seven years. Finally, he married Rachel. Now he's got his dream, but he's still stuck with reality. You see, many people cannot figure that one out. You can accomplish your dream and life, but you will still have challenges. And I don't want to talk about that because I can talk about great leaders in America that, uh, that has their dreams fulfilled. They've got the whole world at their feet, but they will never tell you what that stinking Leah looked like that's at home. They will never tell you about the challenge in their life. They will never tell you what has gone wrong with their children because they cannot, but that's the reality of life. Not everything goes well all the time. Anyway. So he married uh, Rachel, and now what happened is Rachel, uh, 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 Jacob was all over uh, Rachel. I mean, he just wants children with Rachel, and watch what happened now. It says in verse 31, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Wow. When the Lord saw that Jacob, 
doesn't like the dirt in his life, God stepped in and God decided, I will open the womb of dirt and I will lock the womb of his dream. By implication, God said, unless you are willing to have fruit with your dirt, I will not give you fruit with your dream. We're talking about when dirt makes sense, when the ugly makes sense, when trials and temptations make sense. People come to me and people say, how can you preach like this? How do you understand my life? How do you understand my battle? How do you know these things? And all I can say to them, I have been there. I always say to the Lord, help me that I will never become a speaker that speaks so high that nobody that is in trouble in temptation and trials and in dirt can relate to what I have to say. I rather, rather want to talk to people that say, I want to take the mask off. I want to be honest. I am in the middle of a war of my life. So Leah is a type of dirt. She doesn't look good. She has no form. Her eyes are skewy. Nobody wants her. Listen to this. For years, she must have compared herself with Rachel. They grew up in the same house. So for years, she now developed a bad self-image. She must have had inner struggles. And she knows her father helped her. Her father helped her to get a husband. She knows she would not have had a husband was it just based on her impressions. I can just see how she comes out of the room one morning. She doesn't look good, bad breath, no hair. I mean, she's bad looking. And she comes out of that room and maybe she had an accent, and maybe she talked strange. And I can just see how she comes out of the room and she said to Jacob, Jacob! That's the way she talked. Jacob! I'm pregnant! I think Jacob looked at her. You are pregnant, you piece of dirt. You are pregnant. I don't want you to be pregnant. How did you get pregnant? Yeah, she's pregnant. Now, Jacob does not understand how is it possible that pregnancy comes out of dirt. He wants pregnancy from his dream. But Jacob did know that God got involved. You know the story that sons means ministry. Sons is carriers of future generations. That what, that's what the word sons means. You, don't, you understand that sons was the greatest honor in the Old Testament. A few months later, she's still overweight. I mean, she's overweight, and now she's even more overweight because of the first pregnancy. And how many of you realize that when a woman gets pregnant, she never loses it all? Help me. I'm alone, all alone by myself. Come on. The men is so quiet, they don't want to say anything. Because they don't want to say, oh, yeah, 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 she's a little bit bigger after the first pregnancy. Now, the men doesn't, even Shane, he's so quiet because he's afraid. They need to go home after the service, and she's going to talk to him. Why did you say amen when you were supposed to shut up? I'm good with counseling, don't you think so? The only way I can counsel is from the pulpit. Don't let me get on a one-to-one -one basis. I will start a prophesy. I'm not good in counseling. Hey, let's just get down to the bone. Your problem is this and this and this. Okay, let's not go there. A few months later, here comes she. She's still heavy, overweight. Jacob, I'm pregnant again. You're pregnant again? God help me. What's going on? Six times she got pregnant. Do you know that six of the 12 tribes of Israel came out of Leah? 50% of Israel came out of dirt. 50% of Israel came out of rejection and pain.
Do you know that one of the boys' names was Judah? Judah means praise. Sometimes the best praise does not come out of a seminar. The best praise does not come when everything goes right. The best praise comes out of hell and high water and difficulties and trials. Show me how you can sing when everything goes wrong. Show me how you can worship when everything goes wrong. And I will show you good worship. Judah came out of Leah. David, the greatest king of the Old Testament, came out of Leah. All the Psalms that David wrote came out of Leah. Jesus Christ came out of the lineage of Leah. Eternal life, salvation, healing came out of Leah. Wow. So out of dirt, out of pain, out of trials, out of difficulties comes all of these beautiful things. And Jacob realized something's wrong here out of Rachel came Joseph Bible says Joseph had was beautiful in form and appearance so out of form came form but out of no form comes healing eternal life praise worship beauty come on what am I saying to you this morning there's things in your life that you don't like there's things in your life that you hate. There's things in your life that make you feel you will never make progress. There's things in your, come on church, you may be gifted in one area, but sometimes when we are gifted in one area, we are weak in other areas. We never talk about our weaknesses. When we come to church, we never bring Leah to church. When we go to the mall, we never bring Leah to the mall. When I go to the conferences and I speak to people at conferences and I talk to the pastors and I say to the pastor, how are you doing? And then he will say, well, I've just baptized 50 people. Go to another pastor. Well, we have just did a capital campaign and we collected $2 million. Go to another pastor. Well, we had a youth breakthrough and we just baptized 390 nine people. When I go to all the pastors, everybody's talking about their little Rachel. Nobody's talking about their trials and temptations. And when I leave that conference, I say, they are all liars. Because success does not come when everything goes right. Success comes out of trials and temptations. That's why James says, don't resent them as intruders. Welcome them as friends. You can tell I had a lot of friends in my life. You can tell I'm very popular because I have a lot of friends, but my friends taught me how to preach. My friends taught me how to persist. My friends taught me how to stay the course when all hell breaks loose. Come on. I remember the prison. I remember the pit days. I remember when everybody turns against me, they did me a favor. They did me a favor. The pastor came to me one day in South Africa. He said to me, how did you accomplish what you have accomplished? Can you give me the three keys how you did it? And I said to him, I have no keys, but I have a few pits and a few potiphar's houses. And I've got a few prison experiences. Are you still interested? And they're all gone. Some of them became theologians. Some of them became the who's who in the church. But when the time clock has moved on through the ages, and we're all into our 60s, and I look back, I can honestly say, I thank God. I thank God for my trials and my temptations. They have been my best friends. When Joseph came out of that prison, the arrogance is gone. All that was left was the gift to interpret dreams. And when Pharaoh said to him, you will be over the corn and the wheat. You will have my one vehicle. I will give you a ring. I will give you a mantle. And everybody, you will be second in charge. And everybody will bow before your authority. It meant nothing to him. Because his character is now changed. 
the arrogance is gone. And when he saw his brothers, I think he said to them, I thank God that you've put me in a pit. I needed it. Can I tell you, I went to party for sales after the pit. Thank you that you sold me as a slave. I needed that. I thought you are against me. You were actually my friends. The dirt in your life, the trials in your life, the hardships in your life, the difficulties in your life. Some of you say, well, I've gone through a divorce. God is not for divorce. But when divorce happens, God can use it. You say, well, I have gone through abortions and I have a spirit of guilt. God is not for abortions. But when that thing happens in your life, God will come and say, I will, I will raise beauty for ashes. I will bring something beautiful out of your pain. I'm not against you. Next time when you're pregnant, you will do better. You will not do what you've done the first time. I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you. I want to give you hope. And I want to say to you as somebody that goes to many, many churches that speaks every week of my life. You say, well, Pastor Andre, you are so popular and everybody wants you and everybody thinks you are great. No. I have a few things in my life that's not that pretty. And I'm not here to say to you, do the three things, of, do the five keys and the nine steps and you will get what I have. All I can say to you is be faithful in spite of what you're up against because in the end you will emerge into the person that'll do the kingdom good in the end you will emerge into a person that we needed desperately in the kingdom hallelujah learn the bible read the bible pray seek the lord but when trials and temptations come don't resent them as intruders. Throw yourselves a party. You see, Joseph, when he was in the palace and he had everything his heart's desire, I think this is what Joseph said to himself. I should have had a party in the pit and I should have not whined and complained in the pit. Because if I had a prophetic eye in the pit, I would have known the pit will ultimately be the reason I, I will party because my future looks brighter than my present. Hallelujah. If you can see your future, you will party today in spite of what you're involved in. If you can see your future, you will party today because it's the things that's against you that's preparing you for success tomorrow. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Dirt makes sense. I'm writing this book on finally, God makes sense. And when I saw this picture in the plane, 33,000 feet in the air, I saw the dirt at the bottom. And the Lord said to me, write on dirt. I said, God, people don't want to hear about dirt. God said to me, they all have it. I was sitting here this morning and I thought for a moment, maybe I should take the dirt chapter out of the book and make that a book all by itself. Can I tell you what? When people hear it, they will not buy it. But once they get dirt, they will say, where's that guy that, where's that book on dirt? I, 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 I want to read about dirt. Now, tomorrow, sooner or later, you will thank God for dirt in your life. There's a reason for it. Rachel died. Leah died. We found Rachel outside the city buried next to the road. We find Leah buried in a family graveyard. Family graveyard? 
Why does she get the family graveyard and Leah and Rachel is outside the city? I'm telling you, it's amazing when you see things in the context of how God sees things, how different you see things. Say after me, in spite of what I go through and in spite of where I am, I am on track for beauty. I will have a party 24-7, not based on my dirt, but prophetically, I know my dirt will make sense. That's why I will party now. Are you still with me? If you have dirt in your life, stand on your feet. If you are perfect, don't stand. I've got a few perfect people still left. But I always wanted to meet perfect people. So this is, and I found them in Arkansas. Although it seems to me I'm not going to find them in Arkansas anymore. <laughs> because, brother, you can sit in your chair. I know your circumstances. Well, even he's getting up and saying, man, I've got some dirt. I want to stand. Sorry, sir, I saw that. You can sit down. Come on, church. You see, church, this is not a sermon that will make you jump and shout and roll on the floor. But this is a sermon that will send you home and you will say, I thought I was alone, but now I realize I have friends. I think I just need to repeat it. Is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy. Regard it as nothing but joy when you are involved in all kinds of trials. Consider yourselves fortunate. Count yourselves supremely happy. Turn to somebody and say, I'm supremely happy. When they crowd into your lives, how many of you want to be honest? You are going through a tough time. Raise your hands. When they crowd into your life, don't resent them as intruders. Welcome them as friends. Church, I can, I can give you examples out of my own life. I thank God. I thank God. I think Times, there were times that leaders did not understand my vision and my dream. I thank God that they did not understand it. I thank God for what they said to me. I thank God for the words they have, they have uttered over me. They have become my friends and they didn't know it. Years later, some of them bowed before me on a platform. And this is what one of the legends said to me. I want to apologize to you, Brother Andre. I've never known who you really are. You know what I said to him? Don't you bow before me. Stand on your feet. I'm not God. I had to go through it. You had to say to me what you've said to me. Because I see that as something that made me stronger not weaker. Say after me, my dirt, my issues, my challenges will work for my good. Although I do not understand it, in the end, it will make all sense. God is in control. I don't want to preach and preach and preach. But let me say one more thing. When God locked the womb of Rachel 
and he opened the womb of Leah, God actually said to Jacob, Jacob, you need Leah more than you need your dream. You see, we're living in America where it's all about dreams. God is saying, your dream cannot give you what dirt will ultimately produce for you. Stop running after dreams. Live today. Because if you run after dreams, you will never live. You will live at the end of your life when the dream is fulfilled. But when you learn to live in your dirt, you will have a quality life. Huh. Father, I thank you for something so beautiful that will come out of the lives of these men and women. It, uh, Father, I thank you that these men and women will soon be like Joseph and they will say, I I thank God for you. I thank God for what I've gone through because now I have become something I could not have become had it not been for my dirt. Your battlefield will become your rose garden. Your dirt will become the manure to produce the most beautiful roses. When you speak to the lilies, when you speak to the field, when you speak to the ferns, when you speak to the trees, and when you speak to the flowers, and when you speak to nature, and you say to the flowers and the trees and the beauty of nature, and you say, what do you want more? And they will all say, give us dirt. We need it. Wow. Father, I thank you. Something is going to come out of this church and these people. And Lord, I thank you that although we are in the midst of a war and struggles, it's not all demonic. In the end, it will make sense. Come on. Everything will work for the good for those who love the Lord. Come on. Do you love the Lord? I've got a word for you. You say, Pastor Andre, will you prophesy to me? I haven't prophesied to a lot of people this week, but I am prophesying to you right now. Your struggle is a blessing that's about to be revealed to you. And you will come back to me in the future and you will say, thank God for the morning when you make me fell in love with my dirt. I needed that in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God praise, somebody. The Lord has spoken, and the Lord will bring this to pass. Amen.